This is Jeffrey Aaron. It's summertime all over the world. Summertime in broadcasting and in some parts of the media is a rerun time where you look back on what you've done for the past several months, maybe even a year. You pick out some outstanding things that have been said in your media or presented on your television network, whatever it is. Yeah, in the background, you might hear the birds. Well, a little bird told me, a little bird told me that something Marco Sorghetti said to us last year should be said again. And when you think about it, it's kind of amazing that we're able to bring this to you. He's okay, we're okay, you're okay. That's the amazing part. But imparting his wisdom and smartness as the former uh, Secretary General of uh, FIATA and an experienced air freight forwarder is something we can all use to our benefit. So here's the piece, some editing done during it, but we hope you'll enjoy it. And again, welcome to today's Flying Talkers. It's nice to have you here. Marco's a freight forwarder, guy's been in the business for several decades, but he also served as the Secretary General at FIATA during a very important time for that organization, when it really came out of a 90-year shadow and became well-known amongst a broad base of the air cargo as well as the ocean cargo uh, media. But we get right to the point with Marco because that's the way he likes to deal with it. So we asked Marco, what do you want to see happen? And he said, probably the most obvious and uncanny thing one could wish for during this summer and fall. I'd wish for more solidarity. Surely easier to achieve and nearly as effective, Marco said, as a cure. Solidarity could work at individual and even at national levels. Spee's Ultima Dea could put that phrase, chisel that into marble, and perhaps have a shadow of uh, Rodin's thinker, because hope is the last goddess. We ask, what's the most important point about the shipping industry that you might want to get across to everyone that asks you the question? Reading the news is one thing that strikes me. There's a rush to ax jobs for companies to survive this period without losing margins. Airlines, shipping, and logistics are not different from any other sectors, but this is not a good strategy in the long run. It may give stakeholders the impression that the company is well-managed, but in the end, my feeling is the impact on society at large will be terrible. Companies will not have markets to operate in as consumers' buying power will be gone for a long, long time. This is a short-sighted approach. We need a new deal instead. Everyone, Marco said, should be ready to accept some sacrifice. I wonder how deep we need to plunge into depression to learn that we need to use other instruments of times like these. This is a time, Markowin said, to resist, resist, 
resist whatever it takes. We must invest in our future and stop thinking about ROI to impress the stock market. The recent figures published by many countries, in particular the UK, show that the period ahead will be difficult. Solidarity will be key to overcome the situation. Okay, Marco, so you're living in Turin. How has the pandemic, how has this COVID-19 pandemic impacted your retirement? So far, Marco said, the impact has not been great for me. More time for thinking, cooking, and dealing with stuff left behind. I hope that employment does not drop to the point to jeopardize the pension funds, but there's no guarantee about that. Can't stay up all night gnashing my teeth or rolling around in bed worrying about that. If it happens, my pension too may be at stake and probably many others could join the pain. I really hope we will not see such an ugly picture. That's pretty frank, right on the money. But we ask him, how does your family coping? How has this COVID-19 experience impacted your view of the importance of family? Marco said softly, mine is not a family with big numbers. For three months, I've only seen my partner. My sister, my nephew and niece and their partners and others have been confined to the screen of the computer or my mobile phone. Just like everyone else, we meet again two weeks ago for Sunday lunch and we were sick scattered around a 24-seater table. In our family, we do not wish to take risks. If they can be avoided and we abide by the rules. On the other hand, our family ties have known ups and downs in past years and become mysteriously closer now that we have had fewer opportunities to meet. A good effect, I dare say. So we asked Marco, what does it take after maybe a million virtual emails and meetings during the pandemic? The plus factor versus what is missing, the future. Will the web replace face-to-face? In my view, Marco said, the web will not entirely replace face-to-face meetings, but there will be additional technology in our lives. We won't realize which meetings are indispensable and those that are not, and we'll adapt accordingly. We were used to traveling long distances with impressive frequency, and this will probably have to change. This being said, we live through a period of inflated egos. We've lived through that. Facebook and Instagram is just the hors d'oeuvre showing our egos either in person or through technology is what many of us had done in the past few years. The virus has made us all a bit more thoughtful, I think, conscious of the concept of community, Marco said, but I'm skeptical this will last. Travel will pick up again, although the timing may be slower than the travel industry would wish for. In any case, we've become much more agile in dealing with technology and making our location next to irreverent. I should say irrelevant in whatever we do. Probably also a little irreverent when we come to think about it. If you think about the much higher numbers of those who are capable with tech devices now, even at older age, this is a very positive opportunity. The impact of the pandemic on my feelings has been impressive. My impatience with bad habits has increased manifold, and my sense of impotence has increased even faster, eventually shattering my youngster's foolish sense of omnipotence, despite my age. I look at people who struggle with rules and habits with more understanding. 
but I'm intolerant of those who display defiance and obliviousness in the face of wearing masks and keeping distances. I'm scared of the increased level of cynicism of my present thoughts, and I'd like to be able to tame my own nature onto something more compassionate. I'm still trying. Wow. That's some comment. So we wonder, we ask Barker, do you think there's a need for an enhanced standby plan to deal with crisis? This is what Barco said. Dealing with a crisis is one of the most difficult things for humans, in particular because something happens precisely in the area where we believe we have our greatest success. Who can deny our modern ability to fight diseases? At no time in our history, Humanity has had so many weapons to combat the illnesses that afflicted us for centuries. Still, all this comes to nothing when a microscopic virus decides to use our bodies to spread on the entire planet. Giving public health the right value and making plans for universal health systems all over the world will surely be part of our future debates. A dollar spent on public health will look a much better investment than a dollar spent anywhere else. I regret that so many had to die to arrive at such a simple idea, Marco Sorghetti said. Okay, we wonder what have you learned about shipping, helping others this during 2020 that'll impact your thinking ahead. This is what he said. This is what Marco Sorghetti said. What was surprising in the beginnings of the pandemic in Italy was the number of logistics employees who selflessly devoted their energies to keep our engine running. And that was a time when there was no certainty about what should be done for protection. Italy was right on the front line. Very soon it became the worst affected country in the world. Nobody had an idea of what was happening, just the TV images of the hearses being trucked away by the military. Yet deliveries were taking place and we never had a problem with our supplies, but the lines to get a slot into the shop were long. It was astonishing to see drivers, warehouse staff, cashiers, etc., all wearing, working tirelessly despite their lives being at risk. Obviously, doctors and nurses were first on our thoughts, but I could also see behind the front line what kept the society together and that was largely due to logistics, being on the ball at all times, Marco Sorghetti said. This is Jeffrey Aaron, and welcome to today's Flying Talkers. We're glad you're here. Despite what you've been hearing, what you're hearing about going back to trade shows and running around on airplanes and doing things, domestic flights seem to be doing well wherever you look, whether it's here, Europe, or someplace else. International flights, not the same thing. But hope springs infernal, as they say. But the real numbers look a little bit different. Here now, the news. Swiss to slash 15% and its workforce by 20% as business is expected to be about half this summer, what it was during the summer of 2019. Uh, Austrian Airlines is talking about seeing half of its business come back. The question is what happened to the other half and what does that mean to your plan for the rest of this year? And so on down the line. Airbus delivered 50 aircraft in May, 
Boeing delivered 17 during May, including 10 737 Maxes. USA domestic load factor is about 87%, and that number nearly equals pre-pandemic levels and has had some serious impact on cargo lift with people scrambling for space to cover commitments. Cutter Airways Boeing 7879 Dreamliner entered service last Friday, June 25th, flying from Doha to Milano in Italy, of course. Cutter Airways fleet of 53 Airbus A350 and 37 787s stands there having grounded its fleet of A380s, which the airline continues to say has no place in their plan right now based on its cost and its giant size. But so it continues to invest in this company's investing in twin-engine aircraft. Additionally, on the boards for the Cutter stretch is uh, 787-stretcher flights via Doha to Athens, Barcelona, Damam, Karachi, Kuala Lumpur, and Madrid. Although the price of Carol has spiked recently to $1.85 a gallon, that cost is still about $0.10 below 2019 levels. While the urge to merge with others at a trade show somewhere persists, high fever, good to consider, most European nations are only about 30% vaccinated, hardly enough to be heard or heard as the case may be. By the numbers, Airport Council International reports for the first quarter of 2021, cargo traffic across its member European airports rose 10.6% to pre-pandemic 2019. We'll have some more right after this. Flying Talkers podcast brought to you today by your friends at PayCargo, the better way to pay and to save time and money. You see, PayCargo has a better idea. By simplifying the payment process to more than 3,000 vendors, cargo moves faster. PayCargo saves you time and money by expediting important data and funds to ensure rapid release of your cargo. Maybe best of all, you get the time to build your business assured that the PayCargo team is with you, providing trackable, tangible results every step of the way. So why wonder why most shipments in the PayCargo system get released in as little as one hour? Go to www.paycargo.com and explore a whole new way to pay and get paid. Paycargo offers flexible payment options and also available credit lines. And as the number one online platform in the world for cargo payments, www.paycargo.com can offer you a level of service, financial expertise, and connectivity that makes it easy to ship click and pay. So go to www.paycargo.com and get the rest of the story. Discover how PayCargo simplifies a better way to pay and get paid. And tell them Flying Talkers sent you. That's www.paycargo.com. Great people to do business with. No doubt the big stories of the summer 
in addition to the urge to get back to trade shows and to get together and have meetings and so forth. But the biggest story in air cargo this summer has to be Air Canada going back to freighters. When was the last time you heard a big carrier going back to freighters? Going to freighters. I guess I guess the other one we've heard was uh, Finnair uh, converting some airplanes to, to freighters, but we'll see how long that lasts. The point is, a major line carrier, passenger company in North America is putting on freighters. It's not United, it's not American, it's not Delta, it's not Southwest. It's Air Canada, and Air Canada's going back big time. So the word up from Jason Barry, Air Canada Vice President of Cargo, in that standout move, was breaking away from every other North American combination carrier by adding 767 freighters to the fleet as fast as they can convert them, for crying out loud, quickens the heart of every true air cargo executive. You don't like this one, Hey, go into ping pong tournaments or something. This is this is the real deal. This is investment in product at a time when people are shepherding their money and 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 leaning back and saying, well, we better get back to the passenger business and all the rest of it. People that are investing in their product, like United Airlines bought a bunch of airplanes, Cutter keeps putting on brand new airplanes. We hear about other carriers deepening their commitment to cargo, even though they may have their hands tied a bit. Virgin Cargo's very committed to the cargo business. People that put it up, put it on the table and get it done, they're the ones that are going to be here when this thing is all over. The first move that Air Canada made was getting Jason Barry to serve as Vice President Cargo. Barry, who exudes an energetic, youthful vigor in fact, has more than 25 years cargo experience in the aviation industry, having held leadership roles in commercial and operational capacities at Alaska Airlines, Cargo Lux Airlines, Menzies Aviation, and McGee Air Services. Jason learned air cargo from the ground up, entering the industry in 1995 as a warehouse agent at Cargo Lux. But he was a quick read at the carrier, moving on to leadership positions and operations. Barry joined Alaska Airlines in 2013 put him on the map, and that move accelerated his career into the stratosphere as managing director cargo before his next move to president of McGee Air Services, a wholly owned ground handling subsidiary of Alaska Airlines. So now, with its first freighter due to arrive sometime early in quarter four of 2021, we thought carrying the responsibility for all of this, we talked to this guy. He has to make it work. Maybe he would also share some insights and industry views as his mighty all-cargo fleet is building. Sometimes you might view a story like this as maybe a view from the top, but wait a minute. Here we have an executive who's also a proven handling specialist. So in a switcheroo of sorts, we asked some basic human questions and we're pleased that Jason, without blinking, joined us and offered a view of air cargo from the ground up. We ask him, what's the best story you've heard since you've been working through this pandemic? We'll have that right after this. Flying Talkers 2021, brought to you today by the people of ATC. 
from Frankfurt, Germany to the world, with offices open everywhere, ATC is the reliable general services and sales agent, GSSA, for top-rated customer satisfaction. If your airline is delivering service excellence, chances are ATC represents them somewhere. There's no secret sauce here. ATC's extraordinary expertise and service ethic harkens back to a time when results-driven cargo executives were the product of a lifetime of best practices and great training. So contact ATC, One World, One Great Air Cargo GSSA. ATC Aviation can be contacted at atc.aviation.com and tell them Flying Talker sent you. That's atc-aviation.com. We've witnessed nations come together during a pandemic. Social injustice is openly addressed and concrete actions around equality are being raised. We still have a lot of work to do, but this is what's most encouraging from my perspective right now. Air cargo is and will remain a key piece of the supply chain puzzle. The symbiotic relationship between passenger belly space and main deck freighter capacity cannot be underestimated. There is a place both today and into the future for air cargo and passenger business to cooperate even more. The key will to be finding ways to best leverage all of these modes to efficiently and effectively support the logistics supply chain. This includes delivering on global initiatives such as digitalization that improve the speed of our business. So we asked, we asked Jason, are you going to any trade shows this year? And which ones will he be at? He said, we're working with our regional sales teams to see whether we will participate in trade shows as they come up. Finally, we asked him, what would you tell a man or a woman entering air cargo right now, knowing what has happened during the past 14 months, in addition to your career experience. Air cargo, Jason said, is not for the faint of heart, and this year is no exception. Yet, it can be some of the most rewarding work you will ever have the opportunity to be part of. While it may not be directly visible, the freight in our warehouses and on our aircraft has a face and a name that depend on us to deliver. Jason Barry said, there have been a lot of great stories. I mean, it's tough to pick one out, but there's, there's one that's absolutely clear in my mind. On February 12th of this year, we had our 5,000th cargo-only flight. It landed in Shanghai, loaded with lobster. Air Canada 2283 left Toronto with a total of nearly 34,000 kilos of freight on board, all the more memorable because it was Lunar New Year and Canadian lobsters arrived just in time for those celebrations. That flight stands out because Air Canada only started operating cargo-only flights at the start of the pandemic, and here we had hit 5,000 flights already. There's also a particular significance in that handling a large shipment of live lobsters is a complex, sensitive operation. 
These were loaded in Halifax, Nova Scotia on a cargo-only flight and flown to Toronto to connect with the flight to PVG. Our teams in Halifax and Toronto did an exceptional job, Jason said. The tremendous skill and effort that they put into every one of these flights from the moment that we first connect with a customer to the day of operation is just remarkable. Additionally, Jason said, PVG paid a critical role at the start of the pandemic as we transported PPE and medical supplies on cargo-only flights from there at a time when air capacity had been hit hard and there was a dire need for supplies. Since the very early stages of the pandemic, the dedication of our team in Asia, particularly in Shanghai, went beyond expectations, adapting to our schedule and the increased number of cargo-only flights out of this region. It is very fitting that we celebrated the 5,000 cargo-only flight by landing in PVG on New Year's Day, a joyous celebration at a very tough time in the world. We had a belly full of Canadian lobsters, and the next day we departed with face masks for redistribution and other PPE supplies in various Canadian cities. So. When we look at what we're the proudest of, Jason said, when we're in this situation, significant events such as 911 or the financial crisis, the speed in which the pandemic changed our business only reinforced the importance of remaining laser focused on doing everything possible to support our people and the communities we serve by keeping them safe and providing continued access to essential goods via air. The collaboration and creativity across branches has been one of the most defining moments for Air Canada and key to our ability to carry through with our mission amidst the distractions that have been going on in the world now. Having joined Air Canada in the midst of the pandemic, I've been extremely limited in my ability to visit our teams. I'm most looking forward to getting out and traveling to see our employees and our customers that support us across the globe. I'm hopeful that some level of business travel will begin now and through the remainder of the year. But when you talk about change, Jason Berry is right up on the top step of that as well. Watching global aviation, he says, brought to its knees was a humbling experience. We were powerless to do much of what was transpiring around us. The pandemic has been a test of resilience and a reminder that we must focus on what we can control. We asked Jason about how he stayed in touch. He said he hasn't been able to go face to face. And we're wondering, what about Zooms and webinars and all the rest of it? Jason said web-based conference calls have become the standard form of communication. There are things to be learned from the virtual experience, and it has proven to be a powerful tool to connect continents. However, in my opinion, any of these platforms can never fully replace in-person meetings and the connections those interactions create. I look forward to collaborating with colleagues and business partners face-to-face again soon, Jason said. Well, so you've been doing it through the wire, on a television screen, on a computer screen, I should say. What's impressed you? What's impacted you? What have you heard from people that's stuck? Jason said, we often talk about forging partnerships in our business and how critical good communications is. The most impressive and impactful experience has been watching partnerships springing to life in new ways, 
we may have never imagined, delivering vaccines, life-saving equipment, and PPE to those in need across the globe. But right now, we're thrilled to be sharing the news of our new freighter routes. However, we must keep our eye on the ball and continue to support our customers through the entirety of this complex business cycle. We still have a job to do, and it requires a full effort from our entire team to keep the tenuous supply chain intact. I've been passionate about air cargo my entire life, so it's incredible to see our industry be recognized on a global stage and viewed in the new light of what we've been able to do since this pandemic. From A to Z, up and down, everywhere in the world, air cargo has been a real champion. That being said, I do look forward to the day when our colleagues on the passenger side of the house are back in full force. That will mean our world is regaining balance and we can hopefully say the worst is finally behind us. We have learned many impactful lessons during COVID. As proud as I am for what air cargo has meant to the industry, it's a small story in the grand scheme of things. Well, right now, it's delightful and encouraging to hear these words from Jason Barry, who we continue to wish best of luck in 2021. Keep them flying. Jason, this is Jeffrey Aaron. Thank you.